for Christmas. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open up with me to the book of St. John, the first chapter. I want to teach a little today on something that I think sometimes we either take for granted or we don't look at it uh, in the light that we should. St. John chapter 1, verse 17. For the law, everybody say law. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. Just ask you to have your way. Lord, open our hearts and our ears, God, that we can understand and respond. We give you praise for it. Amen. So I want to speak to you today for just a little while on by the grace of God. Everybody say that with me, by the grace of God. How many of you have ever heard the phrase or maybe even said it yourself, oh, man, that, that was just by the grace of God? Either, you ju- either maybe you just missed an accident or you were in an accident and it, you came out of it with no scratches, no harm done to you or something that took place and it was just by the grace of God. I remember traveling one time and it was the first time in my life that I had seen well, not the first time in my life. It was the first time in my life I ever had a tornado coming after me. And uh, we looked up and saw a tornado coming across the field. And man, my heart started pounding. And all of a sudden, that tornado just and disappeared. And I thought, man, now that was by the grace of God. That was, that was by the grace of God. Now, in a plane landing on an airstrip in Guatemala, a 900-foot airstrip, I was in a Cessna, came down. And as we were landing, a horse ran right in front of that plane. And I'm telling you, it was just by the grace of God that we missed it. As a matter of fact, a few months later, there would be a cow and the pilot, instead of hitting the cow, tried to pull up and he caught the tail end of that plane in a tree and crashed it and, there, and people died. So it was by the grace of God that I'm here today. I think about how sometimes we don't understand grace or we, we, we misunderstand grace. And here in St. John, John is laying out something for us. He says that the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Now, later Paul would write, and he's writing to the Galatians. The Galatians were unique people. They, the, the word Galatians comes from the word Gaul because they, they, they were believed to have been descendants or connected to the people of Gaul, which were fierce warriors. And he's writing to them. He had been there and he had preached. And somehow they, they, they've gotten confused in what they had believed. And so Paul's trying to lay this out for them. In, this, in, in Galatians chapter 3, verses 17 and 19, listen to what he says. This is what I'm trying to say. The agreement God made with Abraham could not be canceled 430 years later when God gave the law to Moses. God would be breaking his promise. For if the inheritance could be received by keeping the law, then it would not be the result of accepting God's promise. But God graciously gave it to Abraham as a promise. Why then was the law given? It was given alongside the promise to show people their sins. But the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. God gave his law through the angels to Moses, who was the mediator between God and the people. So Abraham exists 430 years before the law. And God speaks a promise to Abraham. He said, through your seed, all nations of the earth will be blessed. This is before the law exists. These people that Paul is writing to, they're starting to go back into the law. And Paul's saying, wait a minute, you you need to understand something. That what we've received came through a promise that was spoken to Abraham 430 years after Abraham died. Or 430 years after the promise was spoken, Moses comes into existence and he gets the law. But the law could never give us the promise. He says, so what was the law for? He said, the law is to keep you between the white lines. How many of you have ever heard that saying when you're driving, stay between the white lines? 
Actually, you're supposed to stay between a white line and a yellow line. But I've seen some folks, and I was just thankful that they were able to get between both white lines. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And so what the law does, what the law did is that the law said, look, I'm giving you a perimeter. The law showed us our sin. We wouldn't have known it was sin. How many of you, how many of you didn't know you, how many of you had a time in your life when you were sinning, but you didn't know you were sinning? Anybody? Right? I'll never forget talking to a guy. He got saved, and he was talking about, you know, sleeping around after he got saved. And I looked at him, and I guess my mouth dropped open. And he looked at me, and he said, Rick, he said, you don't understand. He said, when I was a child, my mom had a different guy in the house every weekend. He said, that was normal to me. He said, I didn't know it was wrong. We can't fathom that, right? But there are people that grow up in that environment and they don't know that that's wrong. And so what God did was he said, look, I, can't, I, I am going to paint some white lines for you to keep you from destroying yourselves. I'm going to give you some perimeters to live inside of so you don't end up going off the road and having a crash and burn moment. But you need to understand that the law could never save you. Everybody say, the law couldn't do it. As a matter of fact, this is why Moses gave us the law, but the law couldn't change us, right? It would take grace to do that. And the scripture said, grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Now, Paul writes to the Galatians and watch, he's getting a little frustrated. Watch this in chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. I'm astonished and extremely irritated that you are so quickly shifting your allegiance and deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different and even contrary gospel, which really isn't a gospel at all. There are obviously some people masquerading as teachers who are disturbing and confusing you with a misleading counterfeit teaching and want to distort the gospel of Christ, twisting it, into something which it absolutely is not. How many of you have ever talked to someone and you get to talking about the scripture and they say, well, I believe, and they put it in a vice grip and start twisting it. I never forget when I got saved and I, I was sharing with someone and they said, well, I believe, and I said, I, you have to understand something about me. I'm not here to give you my opinion. I said, I'm here to share the word of God with you. I said, I'm going to leave my opinion out of it because the word is able to stand all by itself. The word is able to stand. All, you need to understand something. The law set out the perimeter. The law said, stay between these ditches. Don't get off the road. But grace only came by Jesus Christ. I couldn't save myself. The law couldn't change my heart. But there was something about being in the grip of grace that would transform my life, that would change me forever. Paul's saying, I can't believe you're walking away from that and you're allowing somebody to twist it into something it's not. Amen. The only thing I like that's twisted is a pretzel. <laughs> so Paul lays it out for them. And then here's a reminder. Look at what he says in Ephesians 2 and 11. Don't forget that you Gentiles, it's which were what the Galatians were. He said, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. Everybody say, pushed out. He said, you were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. What's he saying? He said, the law came by Moses. The, the law required that a man be circumcised. It was a part of the covenant of Abraham. You had to be or you were, you, you, you were expelled. You were put out. So Gentiles weren't even considered to be able to be saved. And he said, and they walked around so proud. How many of you ever seen somebody that thought they were so good? Everybody said they thought they were all that in a bag of chips. They, you know, walk around, praise the Lord. I had a problem with plastic, plastic religion. I'm not going to call it Christianity, but plastic religion. When people, I, I, and that's what... 
That's why the gospel is so powerful to me. Because the gospel pulled back all the plastic. Everybody say good news. <laughs> That's what the gospel is. The gospel didn't point a finger at me and say, you old wretched heathen, you, you ain't never going to measure up. The gospel reached out, grabbed hold of me, and pulled me in uh, and said, you're not who you used to be. Uh, I've changed you. You've been bought with a price. You're not your own. And so he transforms us. And Paul's letting them know, look, man, you, you, you can't. They were so proud of, of their circumcision, but it never changed their heart. The law can't change your heart. Only grace can do that. And grace came how? Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Now listen to his argument in Galatians 3, 21 and 22. Is there a conflict then between God's law and God's promises? Absolutely not. If the law could give us new life, we could be made right with God by obeying it. But the scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin. So we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. What's he saying? He's saying there's no disparity between the law and the promise. The law was sent to keep you from crashing. Run up here a minute. What are you doing? I'm going to examine you and tell you what's wrong with you. Yes, your heart is beating. That's good. You feel like you might have a little bit of a fever. Take two aspirin and call me in the morning. What are you, what are you getting at? Do you understand? You know, I've got this. How many of you have Amazon? You know, Amazon Prime, you know what I'm talking about? What's that called? We got Amazon TV, whatever that is. It has all these old shows on it. You remember those old shows? There's an old show on there called I've Got a Secret. Any of you remember I Got a Secret? It was sponsored by Buffering. How many of you remember Buffering? It's still on the shelf, isn't it? Buffering's still out there. And Buffering was for, I told Debbie, I said, man, I remember Buffering. My dad used to give that to me. I'd suck it and let it dissolve in my mouth. Yeah, that's what I said. He'd give it to me with no water. And so, anyway, I'm watching this commercial. And actually, back then, it was the the people that were on the show actually did the commercial, too. It was a game show. So they're doing the commercial, and they bring this thing out, and there is a, they, they have a turtle shell. I'm not making this up. This is true. And the guy holds up a turtle shell, and he tells the year. He said back in the, I think the 1700s or something, uh, that, that they believed that if you took a turtle shell and you bit that turtle shell off and chewed it up, it would get rid of your headache. It's the truth, man. It's, uh, that's what they believed. Do you understand that if there had not been a law, everybody would be all over the place with what they believed. The law put everybody on the same road, said stay between these ditches. But the law couldn't save us. Check this out. The law said if you pick up stones on the Sabbath, you're dead. Turn around, look at your neighbor and say, that's a bad day. It said that if you... If you Back talk your parents. All you parents shout, yes. yes. If you back talk your parents, you get taken outside the camp stoned to death. And the parents throw the first stone. What are you clapping your hands for? Woo, it must be rough at your house. <laughs> There's one mama going, yeah, bring the law back. <laughs> This is what I'm saying. I'm saying that the law couldn't rescue us. But what the law did is said, look, you need to act right and you need to do right. But how many of you know that we can't get it right? 
And so what God does in his infinite wisdom, he said, now look, I'm going to send the law by Moses and I'm going to keep you on the road to try to keep you from destroying yourselves until Christ comes. But when Christ comes, all bets are off. Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy the law. I came to fulfill it. And now grace has been let loose. Oh, you didn't get that. Grace is off its chain, hunting you down. Grace came by Jesus Christ. Paul makes a statement. This is Galatians, second chapter. He says, I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. One place he said it like this. He said, I do not frustrate the grace of God. Paul understood something about grace that we need to get. How many of you recognize that we talk about, I've used this example several times, but mercy withholds what you deserve and grace gives you what you don't deserve. You remember the little boy's hand in the cookie jar? Mama told him, I catch you in that cookie jar again, you're getting a whipping. She walked in the kitchen, he's got his arm in that cookie jar up to his elbow. He looks up, panic on his face. That's where that term came, oh, got your hand caught in the cookie jar, huh? <laughs> Mercy withholds the spanking. Grace gives him the cookie. Grace gave us what we didn't deserve. You know who could talk to you about that, that could lecture on that topic for quite some time? You find him in the book of Genesis. Genesis 6 and 8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah is born into a generation where the Bible said that man's thoughts were evil continually. His imaginations, his thoughts. Have you ever felt like you're living in that day? <laughs> where things are so twisted and, and get so messed up and, and we've got people that are supposed to be watching out for our children are literally destroying their lives. They're, they're putting things, I mean, whoever heard of some of this stuff now, you know, pro, no, oh, you get to pick your own pronoun. I beg your pardon? You better teach me what a pronoun is first before you start telling me I can pick my own. And so all this stuff gets so twisted and messed up. Noah is living in an era where God is sorry he made man. And he's going to destroy man. And he looks down and he sees Noah. Can I ask you a question? Do you think that Noah was doing everything perfect? Or do you think maybe what was going on is that in the midst of Noah's generation, Noah kept reaching for God? When everybody else had turned their back and walked away from God, Noah said, I don't care what everybody else is going to do. I'm going to hang on to God. I may not have it all right, but I'm reaching for God. I'm going to hold on to him. And God saw that, and the Bible said that Noah found grace in his eyes, in the sight of the Lord. Everybody say grace. You know what the Webster's Dictionary gives as a definition for grace? I'm talking about the 1828 Webster Dictionary because even dictionaries have changed today. It says it's the unmerited love and favor of God. And that's what Noah found. And Noah had one of those moments. <laughs> oh, this is only going to be by the grace of God. <laughs> What are you talking about? Because God gives Noah instructions. I'm going to, look, I'm going to save you, but it's going to require a response from you. Oh, hello. Anybody in the house? Did anybody catch that? You might want to write that down because that's pretty good. <laughs> I'm going to save you, 
but it's going to require a response from you. You don't get saved by accident. You get saved because there's a tug on your heart and you respond to the tug and you say, yes, Lord. You're not going to accidentally get saved. It's going to be intentionally. You're not going to be standing up saying, Pastor, I don't know whether I'm saved or not. Because if you hope so or you think so, it ain't so. This is a no-so salvation. you got to know that you're saved. Somebody say, I know it. I was there when it happened. I know I'm saved. I know I'm saved. So God gives Noah instructions, and it's going to require a response. He said, Noah, he said, you've got to build an ark. Everybody say a boat. Everybody say a big boat. 300 cubics long, 50 cubics wide, 30 cubics high. Everybody say, what's a cubic? A cubic in the ancient world was anywhere from 17 points six inches, I'm sorry, 17.5 inches to 20.6 inches. Let's translate that. At the ark encounter, they did, they built the ark on the scale of a cubic being 20.4 inches. It's 510 feet long. It is 85 feet wide. Somebody say, Wow. And it is 51 feet tall. And that's what Noah is instructed to build. I want you to look at that job site and tell me what you see. Huh? I see trucks. I see heavy-duty equipment. I see cranes over here. Noah didn't have any of that. He didn't have no power tools. He didn't have anything to lift those boards. He couldn't call Lowe's and say, I need 3.1 million board feet of lumber because that's what it took to build that ark. It has got to be overwhelming to him, and he's looking at these instructions going, oh, this is only going to be by the grace of God. That's exactly right. It's only going to happen by the grace of God. He spends 100 years of his life. He started when he was 500 years old, and he drives a last nail when he's 600 years old. 100 years focused on one thing. I'm putting together something that's going to get me and my family out of this mess. I'm going to build what God told me to build and it's going to save my family it's powerful enough to weather any storm strong enough to sail through any flood oh you need to understand that grace came by Jesus Christ there's another ark I'm getting on. It's called the ark of safety. It's called accepting Jesus. It's a response, yes, Lord, here I am. I'm going to receive you, and then I'm going to give you a response. Everybody say response. Let me ask you a question. What would your neighbor say if you started building that in your backyard? And your neighbors know what rain is. Noah's neighbors didn't know what rain was because it had never rained. The, the earth was moistened from dew that came up from the ground. It had never rained. And Noah's going around preaching, it's going to rain for 40 days. It's going to do what? It's going to rain for 40 days. Say what? It's going to rain. Can anybody relate to that? Oh, y'all try going out and telling folks, Jesus is coming back. Say, what? <laughs> Jesus, J-E-S-U-S. You know who I'm talking? No. Who's that? I'm telling you, we're living in a generation that has lost touch with God completely. They don't know who he is, but it's all right because he sent us to let them know who he is. Somebody say, I'm going to shout it from the mountaintop. I'm going to declare it everywhere I go. And you walk into Walmart, oh, how are you doing? Go to church with me Sunday? It's really exciting. I mean, think about it. Let me ask you a question. If you were responding to the way you respond to Jesus, would you say yes? Let me make it a little clearer. 
if somebody came up to you and talked to you the way you talk about Jesus, would it excite you enough to want to go find out about who he is? Oh, it's got quiet in here. <laughs> try it. Look at your neighbor and go, let me tell you about Jesus. <laughs> oh, come on, come on. Try it one more time. Let me tell you about Jesus. I know some of y'all going, tell you about Jesus. You want to check out my new gun I got for deer season? Blow you away. I can shoot the flies off of I mean I can shoot, I can shoot the wings off of a fly. Sometimes we get and there's nothing wrong with being excited about things. But if you're more excited about anything than you are about God, then you've got your priorities mixed up. Turn around, look at your neighbor and say, come on, everybody. I'm going to get excited. And to, what is that song? Oh, there it is. Everybody say, get all excited. I'm going to tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Y'all need help. Everybody say, get excited. Look. We need to understand the power of grace, the grace of God. I mean, that's, this is overwhelming. One guy, one guy with two boys or three boys, and he's going to build this thing, and he stays focused on it for 100 years. How many of you wives wish your husband could stay focused on one project for just one week? <laughs> we'll have counseling afterwards. <laughs> But then he's, I'm telling you, if you looked at the blueprints of that, you would have to look at that and shake your head and say, ain't no way, man. The only way this is going to happen is by the grace of God. Oh, you, I hope you get that. Grace is something powerful. Grace is not weak. Grace is powerful. One phone call, you can be on death row. And one phone call from the governor can stop your death, can stop the proceeding, and he grants you a pardon. But you better hope somebody's there to answer the phone. What are you saying? I'm saying one call from God is all it takes, but somebody better be there to answer the phone. Turn around and look at your neighbor and say, is your phone ringing? Is your phone ringing? How many of you have ever heard the phone ring and looked over at your spouse and said, that's for you. And you hadn't even answered it yet. That's for you. Why? Because you don't want to get up and answer the phone. You remember call waiting? That was our way of finding out who was trying to call us so we'd decide whether or not we wanted to talk to you. I'm sorry, that was caller ID. Caller ID. Call waiting was when you were on the line and somebody else would beep in. How many of you ever used this trick? You're on the phone with somebody and you said, call me, quick, call me. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you called and you hear a beep. Oh, I'm sorry, I got to go. Somebody else is trying to reach me. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Thank God. Your phone is ringing, but you got to pick it up. You've got to respond to it. It's powerful. Paul understand something about the power of grace. Watch this. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. Now listen to the same verse, and this is in the New Living Translation. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Grace 
is the free, unmerited love and favor of God. Listen to what Paul writes. Paul writes, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. What's Paul saying? Paul's saying, listen to me. I know something about the difference between the law and grace. I grew up trusting the law. I grew up following the law, but I was so far away from God, I didn't even realize it. I was persecuting Christians. I was condemning them to death, but one day grace got a hold of me. One day grace stopped me in my tracks. God loved me so much that he refused to allow me to continue on the road I was on, so he stopped me cold. God showed his love toward us and that Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. Before we said yes to him, he wrapped his arms around us, started pulling us in. You remember when you first felt his touch? I want you to think about it. Can you remember that? Let me ask you, do you remember your first kiss? Because see, what I'm talking about is a relationship. I'm not talking about the first time I heard, thou shalt not kill. Thou sh-. I'm talking about the first time God apprehended my heart. My parents had some laws. You do not leave the house until your mother is up. My dad worked first shift, my mom worked nights, so mom would sleep during the day. We violated that law. Mom was in bed, we all slipped out of the house and went riding our bikes. We never thought about the possibility that mom might wake up while we were gone. While we were riding our bikes, we got ourselves into a mess. Started down a path. Well, I was so big, I was riding a bike that was a lot bigger than I was. And all of a sudden, it was going down a path, and it, it was a, I don't even know why. It was, we had roads. I don't know why I chose to get on some dirt path. I'm going down this dirt path, that bike bouncing me around. You remember those roots? You know, you know what I'm talking about, tree roots that grow out of the ground instead of in the ground where they belong. And I'm going down that, that bike path, and man, hit one of those roots, and it bounced me up. Now I'm off balance, and I'm going down there, and I see a tree limb. And I'm thinking, man, I've got to get off this bike. I reach for that tree limb, and about the time I did, I hit another root. And it flipped me over the handlebars of that bike and landed me in the Fox River. I got up soaked and wet, got my bike, headed home. You ever been whipped with a switch with wet pants on? Mama was up and she wasn't happy. Where you been? Well, we went down to the river and whop, whop, wait, wait, let me go change my pants. <laughs> Wasn't happening. Let me tell you something. The law doesn't care anything about your comfort. The law doesn't care anything about what, whether it hurts or not. And let me tell you this, the devil's got a law of his own too. He's going to chew you up and spit you out and leave you where he finds you. He's not worried about that. You know what scares the devil? It's the grace of God. Do you know what he's afraid of? Is that God is going to apprehend you. That something's going to grab a hold of you and turn you inside out and change your life forever. Would you stand with me right now? That's what Paul understood. Paul's saying, look, man, I'm telling you, I've got a firsthand experience of the grace of God. I thought I was right. Have you ever been there before? How many of you ever gotten in an argument with your wife? And then over, over something and found out what you were arguing about, you were wrong and she was right. Has that ever happened to you? 
Ladies, raise your hand because your husband's never going to raise his. You know what I'm talking about? And then it's like, well, I think it used to be like that. They probably changed something. We, want it. We, we try and find a way out of the fact that we got it all wrong. Any of you ever got it all wrong before? You know what I'm talking about? I mean, just all wrong. It's like you taking a test and you find out it, when you turn it in that you were taking the wrong test. You're taking a spelling test and you're in history class. So all your answers may be right in your head, but they're still all wrong. Grace and what? Truth. You'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. Truth. Sometimes we want to hide from the truth. But it's the truth that makes us free. Paul is pleading with the Galatians. And when you study Galatians, he's, you know, in all the other gospels, he's greeting them with grace be to you. And, you know, there's kind of a kind greeting. With this one, man, he snaps into it. And when he leaves, he leaves pretty abruptly. There's a reason. He said, did you run so well that now you, what would hinder you? you you've been bewitched. You've been, you've been deceived. you he makes one statement in Galatians. He said, I want to ask you a question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by believing in the law or by believing in God? And he said, by believing in God. What's he saying? He's saying, there's some things that you just can't get any way else. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. You are his masterpiece. Listen to how he ends this. Listen to Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. I've had people come to me before and they said, Rick, I'm amazed at how you're able to tell the stories, or if you will, the history of the Bible. How that you, it wasn't always like that. There was a day I didn't know anything about the Word. And I never had the opportunity to go to Bible college. But there was something in me that no man could put in me. And it was a hunger for Him. And when I got that hunger for Him, I went after Him with everything I had. And I'm still digging today. I hadn't made it yet, but I'm on my way. <laughs> I hadn't arrived, but I got my ticket. <laughs> and can I tell you, there's room. There's more room on this train that's bound for glory. So this is what I'm going to ask you today. If you're in this building, 
and you've never responded to the grace of God, to the grip of grace on your life. You felt him, but you pushed it aside. You felt the tug, but you ignored it. Don't ignore what can save your life. I've heard about people waking up one day and feeling a lump or something, and man, they immediately, it's got their attention. And they're running to try and find out what's wrong. Where did this come from? Odd, isn't it, that something that you can feel on the outside we respond to, but what about what you can feel on the inside? That grip on your heart, that voice in your head saying, don't turn me away. I'm not going to strive with man forever. Say yes today. And guess what happens when you say yes? The greatest adventure in your life begins. I wonder if right now there's someone here that'll say, Pastor, I want to say yes. I, I felt the grip of grace. I felt the pull, but I've never publicly responded to it. This is what he said. He said, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my father. Why would you be ashamed of the one that came to save your life? I'd be, I'd be introducing him everywhere I went. Hey, have you met Jesus? He rescued me. He saved me. I was on my way to hell and he grabbed me. If you're here and you've never said yes, I want you to come right now very quickly. I'm going to hold for just a moment as they sing this song. by his grace that have been transformed by his love that have experienced the power of God just changing your life how many of you want God to use you to do that for someone else you want God oh come on come on put your hands together if you want God to use you here's here's the neat thing here's the neat thing is that everybody's got your own special field there are folks, Cordell, that you can reach that I won't. People that you can reach, David, that I won't. But when you make up your mind, here I am, God. God is going to grip you. He's going to transform you. And he's going to light a fire in your heart that cannot be put out. If you're ready for that, I want you to come down here real quick. I'm going to count to three. I want you down here by the time I get to three. One, two, three. Come on, quick, quick. Here's, here's what you have to understand. Let me ask you a question. How many, of you, how many of you right now, you can think of a friend of yours that you know that, I mean, unless, if, if, if the world ends right now, they're not going to make heaven. I want you to answer that question. They're not going to make heaven. So here's the second part of that question. You're getting ready to walk out of here. And I want to challenge you to do something to stop it. 
do something to make sure that they make heaven. Well, how can I do that? I'm not God. No, but you can tell them about him. <laughs> you can tell them about God. I had a guy look at me one time. I was selling, I, what was that stuff? Amway or Shackley or whatever it is. Every Christian has to sell that to get into heaven is what I've been told. And all of a sudden, I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm selling him this. And I get to talking to him about God. And he said, man, you're different. I said, yeah. I said, let me tell you why. And he said, well, let's focus on, on you know, this sale here. I said, oh, forget about this junk, man. I was, I was trashing my own product. I said, forget about this junk. Let me tell you about Jesus. Because when you've been in the grip of grace, nothing else matters to you anymore. You want somebody else to experience it. Now, here's what I'm asking. Do you want them to experience what you've got? Or do you want them to have something more? Okay, if you want them to have more, you need to get some more yourself. Because you can't give what you don't have. Peter looked at the the man that was lame and he said, silver and gold have I none. But what? Such as I have. Are you ready? Stretch those hands to heaven with me right now. Grab somebody by the hand. Just as you grab somebody by the hand, that you're getting ready to get electrified. Are you ready for to get in the grip of grace for God to touch you? Right now, all across this building, I want you, as, as they begin to sing, man, look, pick it up. Pick it up. Are you ready? Stretch your hands to heaven with me right now. God, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, God, for the grip of grace that we felt over our lives and in our hearts. Now, we're asking you to use us uh, to transmit that to others. Uh, God, let a fire build in my soul uh, that will begin to pour out and cause me to reach out and let others know about how good you are. Sing it. Oh, we're free, free, forever we're free. Control the soul of all So 
praise in this house. We're getting ready to let you go. I want you to remember this. Grace is powerful. Look at somebody and say it. Grace is powerful. There's a man by the name of Legion that's got so many devils he doesn't even know who he is. And Satan thought that he had him. But when Grace stepped off that boat, it broke his grip and it embraced that man and transformed him forever. He said, let me go with you. And he said, no, he said, I want you to go tell everybody what I've done for you. We need to quit praying, God, get me out of this world and start saying, God, let me go tell everybody about what you've done for me. Somebody say it with me. I am in the grip of grace. Give them a hand clap of praise in this house today. God bless you. We love you. In Jesus' name.